price tag. Christie says it's selling a bottle of French wine that spent more than a year aboard the International Space Station. And the auction house thinks it could fetch as much as $1 million. The Petrus 2000 is a Bordeaux and one of 12 bottles sent into space in November of 2019. Researchers wanted to gauge how the case would age in zero G. As for how it tastes, testers cracked open a bottle in March and say space wine is slightly softer and more aromatic. Proceeds from its sale will fund future research by Space Cargo Unlimited. Monica Ricks, CBS News. It's well-priced and pretty. The living room you can actually live in from Ikea. But what do you do when you're ready to move on from your Ikea furniture? You can bring it back now for vouchers to use in stores. Ikea says it wants to save used products from winding up in landfills. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I know about courage. I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. These days, physical distance can keep us safe and healthy, but emotional distance can strain relationships, especially if drugs or alcohol are involved. If substance use or addiction is creating a barrier between you and your child, you may feel alone, and you may not know where to turn, but we're here to help you and your family. Partnership to End Addiction offers free resources, guidance, and support. Just a click away to end addiction. Start with connection. To learn more, reach out to us at drugfree.org. It's spring again, and that means it's time for the deer-resistant plant sale. There are more than 1,500 plants that need good homes. Submit order forms to nodeerplantsell at gmail.com on Saturday, May the 8th from 8 to 11.30 a.m. Minimum order of $40 required combined with friends or family to meet the cost. Cash or check is accepted up on pickup, and order confirmation will be provided 24 hours by email. The 2021 deer-resistant plant sale. Visit nodeerplantsell.com for more info. It's time to thrive outside. Spending time outside, like at an Ohio State Park, is a natural way to boost your mental health. Just 15 minutes in nature can restore you. The parks are for everyone to enjoy. Visit detourtrails.ohiodnr.gov to connect to a trail near you. Need more help? Call the Ohio Care Line at 1-800-720-9616 for free emotional support. Sponsored by the Ohio Departments of Natural Resources and Mental Health and Addiction Services. Aired by the OAB in this station. This is Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro. It's Teacher Appreciation Week, and this year especially, I am so, so grateful for the wonderful educators who are serving Ohio's students every single day. Our teachers met the challenges of the pandemic head-on, adapting, innovating, and ensuring our kids could continue to learn and thrive. You deserve a huge round of applause and a thank you from us all. Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 1030 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Are you ready for an upgrade for your home? Then check out Superior Renovations in Albany for all your home improvement needs. Superior Renovations is a family-owned business of over 20 years, specializing in bathroom and kitchen remodelings. Superior Renovations is committed to superior quality and results. For your free estimate, call 740-517-8795. 
Great references and great prices available for your next project. Superior Renovations, 27480 Old State Route 346 in Albany. You've got a problem. Your air conditioner is not working. There's a simple fix for that. Well, simple for us. This is Jared with Dean Heating and Cooling, and we're experts at fixing your AC. Together with Tempstar, we've been in business for more than 20 years and have some of the best service techs in the industry. So if you want fast, reliable service, just call us. In fact, if you call today, you could qualify for 12 months no interest financing on a new high-efficiency Tempstar unit. Dean Heating and Cooling, the simple fix. Find us online at deanheatingandcooling.com. Did you know that three Ohioans are diagnosed with oral cancer every day? Dentists are doctors of dental surgery and can recognize life-threatening conditions and treat oral diseases before they become serious health complications. Ohio Dental Association member dentists are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality dental care. Ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association and American Dental Association so you know you're being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Coach Turf, here we are at midweek once again. We're in between ball games and my favorite part of the week because this is when we get to put all them past ball games in the past. We're not worried about what game's coming up yet because it's too early to think about it. And we can just tell all the fans about all the lore and legends of football and the history of inept tech. We certainly have enjoyed discussing uh, the history of inept football with you here and uh, some terminology that we didn't really realize started here. Well, lots of it. You know, just for example, you probably heard uh, some of them boys on defense, what they call strong safety. Strong safety on every team, right? That's right. Everybody has one, and that started right here at NF Tech, and that goes back to 1954, and uh, we was getting ready to play EIEIO. You know, that was the folks that uh, we was playing this week, and back in 1954, they had another good ball club. They, in fact, the EIEIO, they got a fine player here, fine player there, here, fine player there. Fine, in fact, they got a fine player everywhere, and that year they had a special fine player at tight end a feller name of a uh, bull norman and uh, we had our safety man uh, wimp williams back then you know wimp went on to be a fine uh, uh, strength coach later on in his career but uh, wimp wasn't a real strong boy and and the coaches was uh, looking at me and saying you know wimp they ain't never going to uh, get wimp to guard old bull norman there on off what we need is a stronger safety so we got somebody else to take his place. We got B.O. Baxter, and he was a little stronger boy to take his place. And then from there on in, the fellow what uh, guards a tight end on defense has always been called a strong safety. Very interesting, Coach. I'll be back with more inept tech football history with Coach Art Turf right after we pause for this message. And the Coach Art Turf Show brought to you by Janitor in a Drum. Coach, it never ceases to amaze me how much football terminology actually originated right here at Inept Tech. We well, just that's the heard... reason for one of these here programs is to let all the fans know just what a fine program we have so they'll uh, come out and support the Oysters and come to our ball games. The strong safety, that uh, terminology actually developed right here. and Started right here at Inept Tech. You know, folks use that. Every team has one and started right here at Inept Tech. And uh, something else most teams have is a, is a taxi squad. And you were telling me during the commercial that that actually developed right here. Well, that's right. Right here at NF Tech started back in 1962. You know, we was getting ready to go to, to play Inferno State right there at the start of the ball season. And, boy, it was still hot. It was real hot. And it always is hot there at Inferno State. And we was thinking that uh, our boys not being in as good a shape as they probably could have been, we was probably going to need a whole lot more boys than what we had. 
And you know, we can only fit so many boys in that 19 and 37 Packard, and we got to be real careful when we make road trips not to put too many boys in there. So what we decided we was going to do, seeing as how we needed some extra fellers, we got a taxi cab and got some extra boys and put them in there, and, and uh, them boys was out there on the field dropping like flies, and we quick rushed out to the cab and got them boys and put them in the ball game. So now, anytime you have some boys coming in from uh, not on the regular ball club, they call that being on the taxi squad. Sounds like it was a good plan, Coach. Where well, it was if the uh, cabbie hadn't left the meter running. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. You know, my yard is so dry. The winds come up and there's dust blowing and... We need more rain. Yeah, right. Good morning. I think it's a Wednesday. And this is the party line on WATA. Scott Daly, who, uh, of course, entertains you all morning, um, is with us, of course, today as well. Good morning. Good morning. Well, let's see here. Uh, first of all, uh, there has been an election. And the only race to be decided was that of the 4th Ward Athens City Council. Um, there was uh, two candidates. Uh, one was the incumbent, Christine Fall. I think she's been in there several terms. And to the best of my knowledge, unopposed. Uh, this time around, Alan Swank. Um, both of the... This is, um, this is a primary election because um, it was a Democrat challenging a Democrat, Right. So Alan Swank, also of the Fourth Ward, um, decided to run for that office, and he unsat her, unseated her, unsat. Unseated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to get the uh, tense right, but yeah. I don't think they do that in that. Defeated. Yeah. So um, that was all done last night. Um the elections this year, people had to go up to the courthouse to um, to vote, and they could do so for oh, I'd say a week or so before the actual election day, and then the election day itself, which was yesterday. Um, the um, and only Democrats, uh, registered Democrats, could vote on this 
so um, as it shakes out to uh, Alan Swank now got to 65 and a quarter percent of the votes Christine Fall 34.75 percent of the votes 282 people cast a vote all of which were Republicans I'm sorry Democrats Democrats so that's how it all shook out, right? Let's see here. Now, statistically speaking, speaking, let me make sure I have this right. I'm not going to go there. I was, because this is city as a whole, and all that mattered really in this case was the ward, fourth ward. So, um, Christine, good job for a few years, and um, Al Swank, we look forward to your your efforts next. All right, um, let's see here. National Day. What is this? Today is probably the biggest. Known, best known as Cinco de Mayo. And we may have some stuff tied to that to uh, share with you during the hour. But um, let's see, we read this. This is not like uh, Independence Day or something like that for them. This was um, to mark a battle, um, a success in a battle, right? Yes, the Battle of Puebla. Puebla. Yeah, not Pueblo, like the city in Colorado, Puebla. Okay. Is uh, the Mexican army versus the French army. In the year of that? 1862. 1862. Yeah. Independence Day in Mexico is actually commemorated on September 16th. Uh, that there was a call to arms that amounted to a declaration of war against the Spanish colonial government in 1810. Okay. So Independence Day, which most Americans think is Cinco de Mayo Day, is not Cinco de Mayo Day. It is on September 16th. So there, that'll give them another excuse to have a margarita. <laughs> I don't need an excuse. I, I enjoy that. Um, and in fact, a couple neighbors and uh, Pat and myself are going to do that at 5.30 today. All right. Well, you know, the Mexican, uh, uh, you know, will become Mexican for the evening. Okay. A Mexican restaurant, I presume? Of course. And uh, there was a question that We've came up. We've got a choice of them, too. Oh, yeah. Some good ones mm -hmm. as well. Why do we celebrate Cinco de Mayo in the U.S.? It's, again, uh, widely interpreted as a celebration of Mexican culture and heritage, particularly in areas with substantial Mexican-American populations. And Chicano activists raised awareness of the holiday in the 1960s as, uh, in part, they identified with the victory of the indigenous Mexicans over European invaders during that Battle of Puebla. Go ahead. Say it again. You like it so much. Yeah. No, no. Puebla. 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 Yeah. 
Puebla. Uh, I, I can just sense you getting excited at Puebla. Okay. Let's do it. Opera style. Puebla. <laughs> Puebla. How's that? That was Flintstone uh, style right okay. there. So, anyway, Cinco de Mayo is today. And uh, oh, I'm hoping that uh, whichever restaurant we select tonight. Uh, we'll have some live uh, Mexican entertainment, you know, some uh, singing and stuff. Uh, in any case, uh, it'll be nice. All right, today is National Astrono... I can't believe I mispronounced that. National Astronaut Day. I don't know, I was going with astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> A terrible astronomy. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, astronaut day. Yeah, you'll you'll see in the dates in history why that is. In 1961, as you go down through the historical events, we'll see. <clears throat> it's National Silence the Shame Day. What are they getting at there? I think. I don't know. I haven't looked it up yet. Maybe. For people to stop shaming themselves, maybe? Dig in. I will. National Silence. The Shame Day. The Shame Day. In the meantime, we'll go on and then come back. Well, here you go. It's an opportunity to continue the conversation about mental health and wellness and erase the stigma associated with mental illness. Okay. I'm I'm going to do a breakaway for a minute. So, there's a young woman in our neighborhood. Well, I guess she's 29. And somehow or other, we've connected. And this connection goes back almost a year now. And uh, we'll take her to dinner. And we'll go shopping with her once in a while and stuff like that. She lives in a group home with staff. Um, she is in many ways extremely bright. And in many ways socially complicated. Okay? I would say she has some developmental issues. Folks, you know, it is so easy to ignore people like that, and and it is also sometimes complicated to be involved with them because there aren't too many people that seek to be involved with such. And so when someone is... They're all about you. But let me suggest that if you know someone who has a child, and in this case this is an adult child, as I said, 29 years of age, uh, and you can be helpful 
by participating in their lives. Um, now, there's certainly times it can get frustrating. But think how they must be feeling. Uh, you know, talk about frustration. Um, so we work at it. And it has some very pleasant, rewarding moments. And there's other times when it is frustrating. But when you look at it as a whole, um, it makes you feel good that you're trying to do something to help somebody. Isn't that that case for everything like that? Yeah, one would think. Yep. You know, a neighbor needs a little help. Yep. And you help them out. Or whatever. Do a wellness check, you know, a, some kindness deeds. Help them out a little bit. And, you know, speaking of what the subject matter was you just talked about there, I think it's fascinating of their perspective on how they see things, oh, it, how they view things. And I think I've mentioned this on the air. Um,. I won't give the name um, because I think her name would be very familiar to many. But um, my wife has recently taken up jigsaw puzzles, right? Just just for a little bit of fun in the evenings, that sort of thing. Well, I don't know. Anyway, our young neighbor comes over and she can put those things together lickety-split. She looks at the shapes, not the colors that you're matching up with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And she has that. And I, I'm thinking if you could take that ability, that's, that talent, and assign it to some industrial purpose, she would be valuable in the workforce. Sure. With about hmm. her her ability for spatial things, how to fit things in where they need to go, yeah, things like that. But I just think it's fascinating how they view the world, and some of the things you hear are pretty funny sometimes. And another thing I've observed is they they rarely are upset about things, and they are seem some of them seem to be happy-go-lucky. Yeah, that's just uh, their disposition mm -hmm. of of how they they view the world, and, and it kind of lends a lot of credibility. They don't sweat the small stuff. Well, I mean, everybody is irritated by this or that. Oh, sure. And we all have it. Um, that's right. Okay, let's, let's uh, keep going here. Okay. So, Cinco de Mayo, National Astronaut Day, National Silence the Shame Day. And that's where we, where we think um, it might pertain to. Yeah, the raising awareness of uh, mental il illness okay. and the silencing of uh, those that suffer from mental il illness. So National Cartoonists Day. National Skilled Trades Day, 
National Totally Chipotle Day, National Hoagie Day. Uh, now my mind's getting confused. What is a hoagie? A hoagie is a sandwich. It's like a submarine sandwich. Okay. To sub grinder Italian. So torpedo. all of those would be used in the same fashion. Pretty yeah, okay. pretty much. It's just so. you know what what you put on it. I do like subs. Yeah. Me so, too. Um, I guess I like hoagies. National Interpreter Appreciation Day. And finally, National Bike to School Day. So we've covered all of that. Yeah. And you might want to, if you do that, you might want to wear a wetsuit today. Today. If you're biking to school today, this morning, with all the wetness and rain. Let's see here. Let's do a little Cinco de Mayo for a minute. Too. Unless you like to get wet. <laughs> uh, I don't mind getting wet. I don't care. I do. It's I mind water. getting cold. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what is Cinco de Mayo? Here's why we celebrate May 5th and what the holiday means. Ah, here we go. It's May. It's May. The lusty month of May. No, that's from... The merry, merry month of May? Camelot, isn't it? Um, Anyway, whatever show. Never mind. It's May, which means it's time for one of the United States' most misunderstood holidays, Cinco de Mayo. But at least there will be great food and drink to make the misunderstanding more tolerable. So when is Cinco de Mayo? The name is Spanish. It means May 5th. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Right? That's it. Very nice. Five. Um, this year's falls on a Wednesday. Today. Well, next year will be on a Thursday. Oh, okay. Cinco de Mayo 2023 is one of the Holy Grails, falling on a Friday, when most people don't need to work the next day. (laughs) Oh, I think they're talking about maybe uh, imbibing a little too much. (laughs) Yeah, most likely. Okay. (laughs) They go on to say leap year in, in, um, leap year day in 2024 means that that year's holiday jumps straight to Sunday. Well, anyway. What is Cinco de Mayo? First of all, it's not Mexico's Independence Day. As we've already heard. But, well, no. Uh, and Mexico's Independence Day is actually celebrated on September 16th. But as we've already heard, Cinco de Mayo instead commemorates the Mexican army's victory over Napoleon III's uh, French forces at the Battle of Puebla. And that was on May 5th, 1862. Let's see here. How is it celebrated? Oddly or not, considering Americans' fondness for claiming other countries' holidays as a reason to drink and party, (laughs) 
Cinco de Mayo is celebrated much more in the United States than it is in Mexico. That's what I thought, too. In Mexico, it's not even a federal holiday. And most of the celebratory parades and events are limited to the state of Puebla. In the United States, Cinco de Mayo is usually marked with parades and celebrations of Mexican culture, culminating with the consumption of lots of Mexican food and margaritas. And as much as you would think that it would be cute or funny, do not wear a sombrero. They don't say why, but that's... That's what they're advising us not to do. Going on. A success with many parents having a margarita on Cinco de Mayo. Before you sip, explore the cocktail's mysterious origins. But most non-Mexican Americans have no idea about the day's history. Uh, Carlos Tortolero president of the National Museum of Mexican Art, which is in Chicago, told USA Today Network in 2014, if you want to, I'm sorry, if you went to any bar tonight and said, what's this day all about, they would be clueless, and you can't blame the alcohol consumption either. <laughs> anyway, it's today, folks. And uh, uh, two of my neighbors and Pat and myself are going to take it in. Okay, um, let's see here. On this day, let's do some of this stuff. In 1260, Kublai Khan, grandson of Genghis Khan, becomes ruler of the Mongol Empire in 1260. Then we jump forward quite a ways to 1941. The Ethiopian Emperor Haile Selassie returns to um, power, I guess you'd have to say. In 1955, West Germany is granted full sovereignty by its three occupying powers. In 1965, the first large-scale U.S. Army ground units arrive in South Vietnam. Hmm. Somehow or other, I thought we had been there a bit earlier than that. Yeah, I did too. I think maybe in an, in an advisory role. But that, that means that... Still would have been on the ground. They had only though. been there five years at the time I got involved. Yeah. I thought it was longer than that. I thought it was back in the late 50s. Oh, well. When advisors were first sent. 1980, the siege of Iranian embassy in London ends as the SAS... And police stormed that building. 1981, after 66 days on a hunger strike, 26-year-old provisional IRA member and British MP Bobby Sands dies 
in the maze prison. Nine months. Nine more hunger strikers die in the next three months. That one doesn't register with me. I don't remember that. Did you? I know. I don't. Okay. Not sure. I do. Famous birthdays. <clears throat> Let's do it in. Uh, well, Leopold the second. Born in 1747 on this date. Died in 1792. Karl Marx. Born in 1818 on this date. Died in 1883. Who was widely known as the father of Marxism. Tammy Wynette. Singer, right? Yes, country singer. Born on the state in 1942, died in 1998. And we have one birthday here, a of a live person, and that is Adele, also a singer, um, who's celebrating her 33rd birthday today. Great voice. Great music. Okay, um... Let's see here. <clears throat> Napoleon Bonaparte. He was born in 1769, but died on this date in 1821. That's the Napoleon, isn't the it? The Napoleon Bonaparte. French military and political leader. Rose to prominence during the French Revolution. Another one. Carlos Saavedra, Sa Saavedra Lamas, L-A-M-A-S, was um, born in 1878, died on this date in 1959. L-A-M-A-S. Carlos Lamas? Yeah, middle name. Saavedra? Yes. Was an Argentine academic and politician, and in 1936, the first Argentine Nobel Pre uh, Peace Prize recipient. Born in Buenos Aires, passed in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Boy, you really got that Aires down. How about that? Puebla. Um, let's see here. I have a report to dealing with, um, this is kind of an update, you might call it. States that are recovering the quickest from COVID-19. So... They've, um... They've broken it out. Well, well I'll, I'll just read the prefix here. The United States is slowly but surely recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic. And more and more businesses are reopening as restrictions are gradually being eased. As a result, the unemployment rate has dropped from 6% 
dropped to 6% from its high of 147 which occurred in April 2020. I'm going to stop there because I don't understand. The unemployment rate has dropped to 6% from its high of 147 in April of last year. Okay, so here's what's bugging me about that. And somebody, I need some help. We have 33 employees here. Um, we didn't lose anybody to COVID. We have one or two that did decide to work from home and are. But they're still on the payrolls and doing their jobs and everything. Okay, now, as you go about town, restaurants, gas stations, I, I don't care. It seems like every business has a help-wanted sign on their entrance or, you know, somewhere. Now... I'm guessing that those were more minimum wage jobs and when it became tough for the employer to keep them on board they would suspend their work then these employees were eligible for some sort of federal assistance and that either became more than what they were making or equal to and so there's a, a reluctance to return to work yes now am I being no that's that's what's happening I have seen so many cases of that that people are making more in unemployment benefits and also the stimulus support checks that went out. Now, that's a one-time thing, most likely, and that's not going to happen every month that people may think it's going to, but it's not, obviously, as we know, as you and I know anyway. So they give up looking for jobs, and what happens is the decline in the unemployment rate happens because people drop out of the labor force uh, so people are not getting jobs and the employment rate um, th well okay they're not considered part of the labor force and since they are no longer unemployed the nation's unemployment rate actually decreases because of that because they drop out of the labor force so those numbers that you're reading there are a bit misleading when it comes to that. So people are actually still unemployed, but they don't count as unemployed, if that makes sense. Because they are seeking jobs? No, because they've dropped out of the labor force. Because they're not seeking jobs. Correct. Okay. Yeah. 
which means since they are no longer unemployed, uh, specifically unemployed, the unemployment rate actually decreases because of that. Well, it's kind of an economic definition there. So, I, know, they're, they're they're dependent on the government that way. When they drop out, they give up looking for jobs. Well, in that case, this statement: the unemployment rate has dropped to six percent from its high of fourteen point seven. Yep. Now, I, it looks, I think it, that's a false statement. I, yeah, I agree about that because again like the like I just mentioned there um, of course you're going to see a big drop because of that because of what was just mentioned there they are no longer considered part of the labor force and no longer considered unemployed once they well basically again stop looking for a job so they become dependent on the government let's go on here the, the what is going on? Why don't you guys stop calling me? Let me get out of this. Okay, I think I did. Okay, let's 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 go on with this. So the country's progress toward economic recovery has been largely possible because of the strides it has made toward a public health recovery due to the distribution of vaccines. Well, duh. As of May 3rd, around 32% of the population had been fully vaccinated. And as that number grows, we should see significant decline in new COVID-19 cases and deaths. This will also lead to increased consumer confidence. Even though the U.S. is making progress as a whole, some states are recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic much faster than others. In order to determine the states that are having the most successful recoveries, uh, this report compared the 50 states and the District of Columbia across 22 key metrics. Our data set ranges from the share of population fully vaccinated to the real uh, gross domestic product compared to the pre-COVID levels and so on and so forth. Okay, so here we go. So the state that has recovered the most, the quickest, is South Dakota. Now, as you hear me read these, you'll see they kind of all join together geographically. So number one is South Dakota, two, Iowa, three, Idaho, four, Nebraska. Number five is Alaska. Six, Utah. Kansas, Arkansas, Montana, Mississippi, Wyoming. Wyoming. Comes in 11th. 
North Dakota, then Maine, Missouri, Indiana, Colorado. Okay, let's stop for a minute. Let's go to where is Ohio? As often as the case, it's kind of in the middle. It stands 36th out of the 51 places. Uh, just before it, a couple. 32nd is Texas. 33rd, Oregon. 34th, Hawaii. 35th, Illinois. 36th, Ohio. 37th, New Hampshire. 28th, I'm sorry, 38th, Connecticut. 39th, Georgia. Now, who, let's see, once again, how is this titled? States that are recovering the quickest. So the slowest, okay, is number 50. Or 51 in this case, because yeah. they included the District okay. of Columbia. And when, what, do you, what, what do we, you know, there's now this move afoot to make the District of Columbia a state? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see it happening. That's just me, though, from what I've well, been anyway. hearing and reading. So the, the slowest on this thing is Michigan. New, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Delaware, D.C. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I we hear of uh, reports of restaurants struggling to find wait staff, mm-hmm. too, like you mentioned the other yeah, day. Yeah. Um, you know, because of maybe the, the pay rate, but some people are, are citing the places they're working, they can't be guaranteed not being protected from <coughs> sickness or the virus, but can any any place, even without a pandemic? I've got a caller on the air. Good morning. Good morning. I have something to say about what you're talking about, uh, but I also have something else with the reason I called. I'll talk about the thing you're just talking about with the unemployment. There is a person who will not go to the local hospital to fix a very vital machine because he believes that he's going to get COVID. And all I can say is, get your damn shot, you know, and you won't have to worry about it. Mm. I shouldn't talk like that. But on the other hand, uh, people are relying on this particular machine at the local hospital and have to go someplace else to get to get uh, images done. There's something wrong about that. Uh, you know, you go someplace else sometimes to get services because they're not here. You don't go because there's a machine, but nobody wants to fix it. That's really weird. It, it is weird. It's been going on for months, and um, some people act like within the system that they don't know about it, but other people know about it who work with the machine, and you have to go to, to other sites to, to get what you need, which is stupid. <laughs> so, you know, letting the cat out of the bag, I don't care because, you know, when I have to go somewhere else, I care, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I was hoping that you have enough time besides your surveys today to talk about um, the the latest news from the Republican Party in regard to their desire to kick Liz Cheney out of her uh, important position and uh, the, the the statistics that came out in the last couple of days on your radio on your uh, news programs thirty percent of the Republicans in this country are somewhat sane because 
they know this was the election was not stolen, and they speak out Liz Cheney's one of those, Mitt Romney, and some other folks. But 70% think it's, you know, the, the election was stolen and that Trump should be in, in power. Uh, but to do what she has said publicly, and she will not back off, which I'm proud of her as an American, as I am an American, that when she saw what happened, she didn't keep silent and go along with the pack. And um, I listened to, on public television, what how they booed Romney and so on. They didn't kick him out of the nest, but there have been Republicans nationally who have stepped away from the Republican Party because they think it's lost. And I hope you as a Republican would actually speak about that because, you know, there's, there's something wrong. At least Facebook today, uh, Twitter did it a long time ago, said, no, you cannot come back, Mr. Trump, to, to cause more chaos in the country. Basically, he was behind this whole thing. Uh, well, with the attack, uh, he encouraged if, it, whether he verbally, all the verbal things, and what ha- we're here because of Trump, that kind of thing. And um, The topic of um, social media and uh, Donald Trump and all of that uh, would have been my next topic uh, today. Um, but I may have to delay it till tomorrow now. But um, the Liz Cheney thing I'll look into because I really haven't followed that one closely, but I'll get into it tonight. And, and, and you know, she she's, what is she, a daughter to uh, the Vice President Cheney? Is she the daughter? Or yes. Liz Cheney, is she a daughter? Yeah. And uh, I think the nation should be proud of Republicans who stand up like that for the reality that it is. And uh, I'm just happy to hear the good news that... Uh, He's not allowed on these big uh, social networks to do havoc. If he wants to well, start his own, uh, go ahead and do it. Yeah, well, I'm not sure you have that part exactly right, but we'll we'll, we'll we will tear into this. As it was a on topic. the news this morning. Yeah, that um, he's going to be coming back onto social media. He wants to get his own social, not with his money. It was with your money. Yeah. Whoever gave money to him, I don't think you gave money to him. But, the, but you've often commented on him. I would not give money to him. I'm sorry. Well, okay. there's a lot of other local things that I would give money to before I'd ever give it to him. Mm. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Um, well, I guess we need to at least talk about that for a moment, and we only have five moments left. Um, I was distressed Um, and it happened midway through President Trump's first term it maybe was happening the whole time but I became more and more distressed particularly during the middle of his term about things that were put out there on Twitter and Facebook and various forms of social media as comments or statements from the president. The president of our nation, in my opinion, must have a lot of class. They need to be 
polite, respectful. Um, creative, yes. Um, and I have been troubled by what comments were made during this last presidency. And they were made largely on social media. So the time came when those that controlled those social media things um, limited or stopped the president or his staff from using them as they had. probably best known as the Facebook thing. So now it appears that it could be that that will be allowed again. I'm sorry, that their accounts will be reopened. And I suppose they're hoping that there's civility and respectfulness and that sort of thing. But there's also t talks, and certainly Mr. Trump has the money to do this, and that is to create his own social network. So that might be another opportunity for him to express himself or his staff to take a position you get the point, I guess. Uh, bottom line is, we'll have to see how this turns out. I did bring in a, um, a two-pager today on that topic. Um, this new platform is effectively a blog-styled, like a generic version of Twitter. So, uh, it's a blog. Uh, I'm not active in social media enough to know the definition of a blog versus whatever terms the others have to describe them. But maybe by tomorrow I will be. <laughs> I'll look into this overnight. We're nearly out of time. And we, we had pulled a, a Mexican tune, right? And uh, we were going to play it, but yeah. I think I think we really don't have time. I mean, we'd, we'd hear 40 seconds of it. So maybe we'll pay a, um, a post Cinco de Mayo uh, thing tomorrow. Folks, have a wonderful day out there. Uh, the forecast today, light rain is possible throughout the day. 62 the high in temperature, 35 the low. Uh, looking ahead, uh, Mostly cloudy tomorrow, light rain on Friday. And for that matter, most of the weekend. And then on Monday, finally, partly sunny. Have a marvelous day out there. Cinco de Mayo to each of you, and be careful. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.
is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Peter King. Facebook's Oversight Board says former President Trump's accounts there and on Instagram will stay suspended for now because of comments he made that violated the site's standards and fueled the Capitol riots January 6th. The board found Mr. Trump's words to rioters, quote, legitimized their violent actions, but it also found that Facebook acted inconsistently with its normal standards for suspending accounts because there was no time limit. Co-chair Michael McConnell. It must either restore Mr. Trump's account, finding that the period of suspension has met its purpose, make the suspension permanent, or suspend the account for a determinate period of time. It's given Facebook six months to complete a review. I'm Peter King. Now with more CBS News, here's Deborah Rodriguez. The number two House Republican adds his voice to the growing chorus calling for Congresswoman Liz Cheney to be removed from her leadership post for continuing to criticize former President Trump. CBS's Steve Dorsey from Washington. House Republican Whip Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise is calling on Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to replace Cheney with New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Cheney has stuck to her guns despite pressure from her party, blaming Mr. Trump for the January 6th attack on the Capitol. More than half of all U.S. adults are now fully vaccinated against COVID. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky says the new goal is to wade deeper into rural communities. So that means having more pop-up clinics, having more mobile clinics, having more walk-ins available, so it's very convenient for people. The death toll from this week's train crash in Mexico is now up to 25. CBS's Adrian Bard is in Mexico City. As international investigators look at possible causes, the one thing we know for sure is that the concrete and steel structure the elevated train was riding on collapsed. A lot